It's pretty crazy. Like we, it was December of this year. I had um, seen just a social media post and they posted that, I mean, you guys probably saw it, that they were looking for um, a programmer for their, um, their programming app. Um, so, and I didn't know anything about Proven, to be honest with you. And I told Shane Tia this as well. Like I had never followed the program. Um, I hadn't heard much about it. I just knew Tia and Shane were attached to it. Um, so I was like, hey, this could be really cool because I have another job as well. Like it's only part-time. I could do this in my spare time on the weekends and things like that. It would be awesome to work with Tia and Shane. I'm kind of out of CrossFit coaching now, but it, like it's my background. So maybe just throw my resume in and see what happens. Um, and then from there it kind of took off. Shane called, there was probably three interviews. I went down to Nashville a few times. Um, and then histories after that, like here we are. In partnership with the Morning Chalk Up and part of the Morning Chalk Up podcast network, this is the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends. My name is Scott Schweitzer. I am your host and the Clydesdale. My friends are Amy Radowski, Charlie Odie, and Kat Shear. We are here to bring you the best interviews with the biggest personalities in the fitness world and CrossFit from all over the world. If you like what you hear, please give us a five-star rating and write a review. It's such a big help to our podcast. And with that, we're on to this week's episode of the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends. RX Mark Your Jump Ropes, the best jump ropes in the business. Our title sponsor and such great support from them. You can get your RX Mark Your Jump Ropes by going to rxmarkier.com. At checkout, use Clydesdale15, all caps, and you can get 15% off your order. Uh, you can buy jump ropes of any color, shape, size, uh, the handles. You can make those whatever you want. You can get the cable at different weights um, and different lengths depending on your height. So check it out at rxmarkier.com. Use Clydesdale15 at checkout and you'll get 15% off your order. That does exclude new additions, new arrivals and special editions, but check that out. Uh, it's a great deal. In addition to that, they're also supporting our hashtag road to a thousand. If you subscribe to our YouTube channel, Clydesdale Fitness and Friends podcast, and you have a public profile, every time we hit the century mark with subscribers, we're giving away a brand new RX Mercury jump rope. And Dave Newman, the owner of the company, has promised to throw in a couple extras uh, for that winner. So make sure you go over, subscribe, and uh, you have a public profile, and you may be our next winner. Up Before You Coffee. They are an amazing coffee. It is delicious, has different little notes of chocolate and things like that. Um, and it's really clean and crisp uh, when you drink it in the morning. Uh, but they have a light roast. Uh, they also have a medium roast, as you can see there. Um, we are so excited about this sponsor sponsorship. Uh, if you use Clydesdale 20, all caps, Clydesdale 20, you can get 20% off your order. Just go to upbeforeyou.com and uh, order your coffee. It's delicious. You'll love it. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends. My name is Scott Schweitzer. I am your host. I am the Clydesdale. We love to do fitness, and these are my friends. And we have all the friends today. Uh, Kat, Amy, and Charlie are co-hosting along with me, and our special friend and guest, Nick Johnston. Uh, 
one of the coaches at Proven, uh, the Tia and Shane uh, programming venture and coaching. Uh, and we'll let him explain what all that means uh, later in the interview. Uh, but that is who he is with. And we are here to talk to him about kind of how he found CrossFit. So I'm going to start off with just a very simple question. And that is, uh, where did you grow up? I grew up in Jackson, Michigan. If anyone knows where that is, I'll be very surprised because it's very small. Um, and then I stayed around there pretty much my whole life. I went to the college where my grandpa was a baseball coach for 40 years and I got to play on his field. It's named after him. So it was kind of the, the goal growing up was, was the plan, but I was lucky enough to make that happen. And then I worked in Detroit for the last four years before I made the move. Okay. And, uh, and you played for Arbor or Spring Arbor University. Yep, exactly. Yep. So what positions eventually- did you play, Nick? I caught my whole life until I tore my ACL my senior year, and then I played first. Wasn't too good on the knees after that. Yeah, I would imagine not. <laughs> I'm a baseball mom, so I oh, baseball. Oh, yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, well, how old? Uh, Braden's 18. He's going to play for William and Mary next year. Oh, that's very cool. So you have yeah. a lot more baseball to watch. Yes, big time. You're more fun traveling with it. now. <laughs> yeah. So, did you play baseball growing up? The whole time. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think as soon as my parents could get a bat, well, and my grandpa could get a bat in my hands, it was game on. I, that's really all I played. I didn't really play any other sports, which was kind of weird for kids growing up, but that was so ingrained in my family. That's all I ever played. So what was your throwout percentage? My what? Your throwout percentage? Oh. Caught stealing? Yeah. That's a good question. I don't even know if we tracked that, to be honest with you. Um, I'm going to say hundred percent. How's that sound? <laughs> I'll have to get you the actual stats later. I can go look them up. <laughs> it's your story. You get to yeah, tell exactly. it. <laughs> no one's going to look, no one's going to fact check. hundred percent. You throw from your knees, right? Exactly. You throw from your knees. At least 90 miles an hour. <laughs> yeah. My, my daughter's catching in softball right now. And the coach told her not to not catch from her knees. And she's like, what? Really? Okay. <laughs> Probably even watching brother play, so she knows everything. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> so, so you have you... to be super athletic to be a baseball player, right? Um, did you get a lot of gym time? High school, you, you, college? You may be the first person that's ever said that, actually, because everybody really? else was like, yeah, you don't have to be athletic. You just have to be good at hitting. And even Taylor all the time is like, that's athletes don't play baseball. That's but I would argue with that and you know, so yeah, yeah, it was, is, I think back in the day, it's probably different now. And with your son and daughter, you know, like there weren't really strength programs back in the day. There wasn't really strength and conditioning, but it's cool to see. That was actually the first coaching job I ever had. I was a strength and conditioning coach at where I played at Spring Arbor. So it's good to see kind of that momentum shift to where people are paying more attention to that in the off season. Yeah, I'm I'm coaching middle schoolers baseball strength and conditioning now. Like that's, that's awesome. one of the one of the largest groups of clients I have, so it's fun. So, I read a story where you tore your ACL, uh, and you actually became addicted then to the fitness thing and and the gym. Is that where you found your love for the strength and conditioning? Yeah, so it was kind of like. I didn't really work out much before that at all. Like I said, even in college, we didn't really have a, it was an NAIA school. So there wasn't much money put on the strength conditioning or strength at all side of things. 
So once I got to spend some more time doing rehab and PT in the gym, that's where I kind of figured out I loved what I was doing. I kind of, I liked working who, who I was with, with the PTs, they were really good. Um, and I owe it all to them the way that I came back. I got back in six, seven months, which some people it takes a year or more to get back. And it was fun. You know, I, I realized what an impact that people could have in rehabilitation in that. And then I wanted to take it one step further, obviously, and get people to the point where they may not need that if they are in good shape, if they're not getting hurt, if they're staying healthy to kind of be that precursor before that. So that's kind of what jolted me into the space. And what was your major in college? Oh, that's a whole 180 on that one. So I was in advertising PR. I was going to be, <laughs> I was going to be a publicist out in LA. I did my uh, internship out there for two summers. That was kind of the life plan. Um, and then obviously the fall before I was supposed to graduate is when I got hurt. So it was kind of don't finish playing baseball and go work or do a redshirt year, stay a whole nother year. And that's where I made the whole life shift and kind of switched out of that into fitness. Yeah, that is a complete 180. Yeah. And it was too late to switch. Right. So like I finished with that degree because I only had six months left or whatever. And then the whole extra redshirt year, I just took extra credits into the beginning of what was my personal training certification after. Well, I had 11 red shirt years uh, and I switched majors <laughs> a lot more than that. So, <laughs> it takes, so you're still doing it takes, however long it takes, as long as you finish. <laughs> That's what I'm calling them now. Anyway, it sounds better than just, it took me 15 Absolutely, years to graduate. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so you find strength and conditioning and you said you really enjoyed working with those high level athletes. Yeah, it was. And that was the thing too. Like we already touched on, there wasn't a program involved with us at all. So I was like, hey, like if I can get these athletes to be better off the field athletically, whether it's running conditioning, whether it's just strength off the field, because baseball is such a long season, if you can really hone that stuff in in the off season, we can carry you through however many games you need to. And we weren't doing anything. So I went to the coach and obviously they were good. The coach is a good family friend. He took on after my grandpa. I was like, hey, I'd love to come help you coach more, but I'd like to be more on the strength and conditioning side of things. And he didn't know anything about it. So he's like, hey, have at it. You know, it was, I have all the numbers and I have all the data, which is really cool because we were starting from scratch and these guys just took off. So it was good. It was really good to see a group of 28 individuals that I could basically just test from the ground up, have a plan in place and see where they go from there. And that's kind of when I found CrossFit in the meantime. And it kind of just, took that methodology into the methodology of CrossFit and they blended really well together, which was good. So, so what you're saying, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, so when you started to make this life change and this start sort of became more of a passion, did nutrition at that point become also more important to you or more of a passion? What, one of the things I see, you know, with the youth programs coming up is that they put so little information in their strength and conditioning programs about nutrition and how to train to be an athlete. Yeah. And that's, it's, that's a whole <laughs> story, but I actually like, I got up to 285 pounds after college. Like I was, I gained a lot of weight and it was like after my ACL and I didn't know what was going on. I knew nothing about nutrition. I had to make a change. So I, while I was getting the personal training certification, I did the nutrition add on as well. So I was kind of learning as I was teaching, like you say, um, but that was, I would say even more important, not only for me, but for those players as well, because 
you go to these division one schools and you go, you see all the SEC schools, they have everything for these athletes from day one as a freshman planned out our school. We never had that. Our coaches didn't even talk to us about those things. So learning that on the fly and noticing, cause I, like I said, I didn't know anything before coming from a degree that wasn't in that space. So being able to test it on them to apply what I was learning was the coolest thing. And that's what kind of got me, uh, I became a nutrition coach after that while I got into CrossFit for like five years. And that was kind of my main niche that I did. Um, so that's where I learned the most. Like I knew some background on the fitness and everything that wasn't as fun to me to learn, but the nutrition side of things, I noticed, I mean, that's way more than half of what you're doing when you see success and you guys know how it goes, even in CrossFit. Thankfully, CrossFit gives you a bit of a base level there to where you have a better advantage coming in than most people. But I got to at least show that to myself, teach myself, but then the athletes I was working with as well. So to answer your question, it was probably the most important thing I learned. Well, I want to, I want to unwrap that a little bit. So people who haven't met you, like I have, you are no longer 285. That's for darn <laughs> <No>. show, right? <laughs> and so what, what are you weighing today? Uh, 215 somewhere in there. Yeah. I don't really, since I'm not like competing or anything, I don't track much anymore, but yeah, it was probably from 2015 until 2017 was that transformation. So it was just kind of one getting in the gym, obviously more, but probably 85 plus percent of that was just watching what I was eating. Like we just spoke about all the nutrition side of things. And it was hard, like, you know, like it's very hard to do. And it's a long process that can sometimes be grueling on the mind more than the body, but you know, it's something that can make you tougher in the end. And that's what I've learned the most that has helped me with clients as well. Yeah, that relatability, how much do you use that when you're working with clients? It's one of those things where you don't, I don't like to lead with that a lot because like I, a lot of people, and I'm sure all of you know, the mental side of nutrition is, is huge. So like psychologically, I'd like to see where people are at before I get that deep into it. But, you know, when people are struggling with the hard days, when they're struggling with the mindset of things where things aren't happening as fast as they hope, that's when I can really relate to people. And it seems to help for the most part. Yeah, that's really cool. That's something I didn't know. And we just found out that was awesome. <laughs> yeah, I don't like it's pretty funny because when I do tell at least friends or new friends that I know, like no one does know that about me. It's like one of those things where back in the day, I was like, delete all these pictures. I don't want anything, anybody to know any of this. And now I wish I could look back on it. You know what I mean? So it's, it's one of those things that when you do look back on it years later, you see the progress that happened in what was then a short period of time, but while you're in it, it feels like an eternity. Oh yeah. Been there. Know that <laughs> so well. Um, so I want to kind of talk about you, you then started CrossFit kind of competitively as well. Um, you did, you did some sanctionals. Mm -hmm. um, and so what, what made you become competitive in that sport? Did it fill a void that you lost with baseball? I think that's all it was. You know, I tried to play baseball after school and it just wasn't happening. Um, it's just such a hard thing to break into if you're not the top 1%. I mean, just like CrossFit, but um, it was just to find a thing that I could compete again. So, it, it, and I thought coming into it, obviously that it was going to be easier than it was. Cause like you watch it on ESPN, you watch it, you're like, Oh, if I just do this work really hard, like I'm going to go to the games for sure. Like this, you hear it all the time, but, and then you get a real kick in the face. Right. Um, but uh, I would say I, I would never take it back. Right. Because that's what kind of got me into the space. So 
um, whether I didn't make the games or whatever, looking back on it, it's the best thing that ever happened was going for that because that's what kind of led me into this space, got me where I am today and got me into the mindset of a competitor to be a coach one day. And so during this time, you, you met somebody at the Granite Games and, and we've heard that story previously on, on another episode of this podcast from the other side. I want to get your take on what, what happened there. It, it's so it's so funny because we like didn't interact at all at that competition like we had met at the the whatever the after party was and like we had been briefly introduced um hi bye nice to meet you blah 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 and then i think it was eight months went by before we even talked to each other besides that and i don't even know what it was that's the beauty of social media i guess um but we just hit it off after that and then i think it was the year after at regionals uh, I was going down to watch some people while she was competing. So we kind of had, I guess, first date there. Um, but that's all history after that. We, we dated two years long distance. I was in Michigan. She was obviously at OC3. Um, and that's when I made the move after that. Yeah. And we're talking about Taylor Williamson. Um, phenomenal athlete, rogue uh, Hall of Famer, I think now. <laughs> <laughs> Our garage is getting too full, man. We got too much equipment from them right now. <laughs> yeah, I love that story. We talked at West Coast Classic and you were saying that like you have run out of room for all the yeah. stuff she's won in the, during the World Challenge. I will say though, this last competition that she did, it was uh, the prize was an Ohio men's bar instead of a women. So I was like, you just keep going. You keep winning. If they're men's <laughs> prizes, that's fine. I guess I'll take them. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Um, and she's actually on the Mayhem team this year. She uh, competed with OC3 Black for several years uh, in our region and at the games. So you then decide to move to Iowa uh, yeah, to be with her. Iowa. Yep. I don't know if you've ever been to Iowa, but there's not a lot going on there. <laughs> <laughs> and you start coaching as, I think, as a nutrition coach, right? With, oh, yeah, so OC3. I, I my official title was the head coach manager at the gym. Um, but that was the majority of my work outside of coaching on the floor was the nutrition coach there. So, and that was really, I mean, I was doing it back home, but it was mostly remote for people because I was kind of all over the place in Michigan, but it was cool at OC3 because I was just the in-house nutrition coach. And I probably at one time had 30 athletes at the gym I was working with, which you guys know, like at an affiliate, you don't usually see that. Um, OC3, just from what you've seen, it's very competitive. It's a younger crowd. People um, really do care about their nutrition, their their lifestyle when it comes to CrossFit. Because like I said, there's really nothing to do there but work out. So it was a new environment for me, for sure. Um, but it was probably the place I grew the most as a coach. So my big question for you is, you're in a relationship with Taylor. She attends OC3. You come to coach there. What is it like coaching your girlfriend at the time? And yeah, that transition, the coach thing did not happen for a long time. I, I stayed <laughs> back from that one. Um, and that I tell people all the time, I think the biggest thing that pushed me into the co real competitive game space in CrossFit is learning from her. Cause she like nothing, nothing against any other athletes or competitive athletes, but a lot of people need someone to coach them through a lot of stuff her and Andrea and some of the other guys at OC3, they've never had a coach and they taught themselves everything. 
So it was cool to see from that perspective to where I just sat back and learned for probably the first year I was there. Um, and obviously going to the games with them, going to the Rogue Invitational with them, um, technically being a coach, but more of just seeing how they operate, um, how they did, what they did on the competition floor and then off the competition floor as well. I, that's, I owe it all to that, to where I am today, to be honest. And I, I, I couldn't be more thankful for making that move. It was hard at the time, but looking back on it, it was the best move I made. And the men on those teams were pretty good too, right? Street was on that team? Uh, so Luke Schaefer was 2019. Um, and then Street, Luke, Andrea, and Taylor did Wadapalooza uh, okay. last year before COVID. So if they obviously, if they would have made it, that would have been one of the games teams. But um, that was just one that Gowad threw together um, and they competed together. But there's a lot of dudes in Iowa that are very fit. So it was kind of just whoever was available. <laughs> nice. Must be because there's nothing else to do there then, huh? 100%. Like it, it, I keep saying it, but it's literally all anyone does in Iowa. <laughs> you come into the gym on Sunday at noon and there'll be 40 people in the gym just working out because they have nothing else to do on the weekends. So um, I reached out to Taylor yesterday to ask her um, some questions about you to, that I could approach you in. And she wanted me to confront you about someone in your life named Princess. I think you see him on my Instagram probably daily. That's, a, that's our little dog. That's what we call him. He's a little eight pound dachshund. Um, he, I never thought I would get a little dog in my life and now I'm never going to get a big dog after this guy. <laughs> <laughs> so why the name princess? That's how he just acts. Like it's unbelievable. This, this dog, he's probably down there right now. Just, I work from home uh, most of the time when I'm not in Nashville. So like I'll get up, um, Taylor will get out of school probably by like seven. Um, and we won't see him again until like four. Cause he just sleeps on the couch in the blankets all day. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he well, gets Kat, he wants. Yeah, Kat was telling us uh, she saw your story right before we went on air. <laughs> and yep, it was, so it's cute. him swaddled, right? Yeah, exactly. And no one ever does it to him. I don't know how he does it, but he just does his own thing all day. It's <laughs> <gets> like that. <laughs> and Taylor also sent me a picture of his crate and it oh, has princess God. on it. Yeah, she bought that last week. It's pretty fun. I laughed when I walked into that. <laughs> nice. So logistically, Nick, you guys, so you, where do you guys live? Cause you're not in Nashville, right? You're where Taylor's. Yeah. So we're, yeah. We're in Knoxville, which is like, depending on traffic about two and a half hours away. Um, and the whole proven opportunity came up well after we knew anything about moving to Knoxville. So Taylor got into school here and it was actually a year ago last week that we moved. Um, so we've officially been in Tennessee a year. And then I, I'm usually in Nashville on the weekends. She's obviously in Cookville on the weekends. So um, that's tough sometimes, obviously, because we don't see each other as much as we'd like with her being in school during the week, us being gone on the weekends. But um, we're both in really good spots right now for the season. And we know the off season will cool down a little bit. Mm -hmm. So you guys were local for a Mac. Yeah, yeah was, we got so lucky on that. Unbelievable. It was six minutes away, like, downtown going 15 minutes away from our house it was really cool um and especially with her with school like she, every time they got done with the event she had to go study so like it's much easier to go back to your house and do all that than being in a hotel away from home so we were thankful for that for sure 
and the Mac was great. Like the, that arena was really cool. I'm sure you guys had a good time there. Um, we, we never been in that arena, but they did a really good job. What's crazy is our Airbnb was further away than your house. <laughs> I don't doubt it. I mean, people had no idea, but we're like, yeah, yeah, you guys, we're telling them where to eat and things like that. They had no idea that we live that close to the downtown arena. So cool. So my last question about Taylor is that she told us your engagement story and it was really, really funny from her perspective. Okay. What did, well, what did she tell you? That uh, you were in Nashville and that uh, you went, took her out on a bridge and she's like, my God, I am hungry. And all I want to do is eat. Um, I'm sure you know how I, I won't label all women, but competitive, <laughs> competitive CrossFit women, when they get hungry, you don't want to be around that. That's, that's They are usually drained from training and all they want is food. So that's the situation we were in. Um, and I was like texting back and forth with our photographer who was coming to take pictures. And she's like, Hey, there's a huge thunderstorm coming at whatever time it was. You guys may want to wait off an hour. So I'm just trying to stall. Like I have no idea what I'm doing. I'd been to Nashville only a few times. Um, thankfully everything worked out and the rain held off, but it all worked out in the end. <laughs> Did you know she was getting aggravated? Oh yeah. under. <laughs> I mean, it was normal life. So she wasn't holding back. Like she, she's like, this is stupid. I don't want to go on a walk right now. There's restaurants right there. I don't know what we're doing, but it, it all worked out thankfully in the next 10 minutes. So it wasn't too much. <laughs> that is great. Um, and so when, when's the wedding? On uh, December 30th of this year. So right before new year's. Oh, nice. Yeah. We're going down to Jupiter, Florida for it. Awesome any reason why Jupiter, Florida? So we have family all over, obviously, like Michigan. She's from Kansas, people from Iowa, people from Tennessee. We just thought of a good location for a destination wedding would be down there. So we kind of just reached out to venues, um, visited a few, and that was the one that we liked the most. So all those Northern folks that are coming can enjoy some warm weather. Great thinking. <laughs> yeah, I know you guys know how that goes. You <laughs> appreciate it. Appreciate that in December. All right, so um, well, let's move into Proven. Absolutely. So how, how did that come about? It's pretty crazy. Like we, it was December of this year. I had um, seen just a social media post and they posted that, I mean, you guys probably saw it, that they were looking for um, a programmer for their, um, their programming app. Um, so, and I didn't know anything about Proven, to be honest with you. And I told Shane Tia this as well. Like I had never followed the program. Um, I hadn't heard much about it. I just knew Tia and Shane were attached to it. Um, so I was like, hey, this could be really cool because I have another job as well. Like it's only part-time. I could do this in my spare time on the weekends and things like that. It would be awesome to work with Tia and Shane. I'm kind of out of CrossFit coaching now, but it, like it's my background. So maybe just throw my resume in and see what happens. Um, and then from there it kind of took off. Shane called, there was probably three interviews. I went down to Nashville a few times. Um, and then histories after that, like, here we are. <laughs> so did, did you get hired for just the programmer or did it become something bigger? Yeah. So it was funny because Brooke came on after all of this, like, or actually kind of like in the middle of the whole process. So while we're being, it was like a two month process. So in the middle of it, Shane's like, Hey, 
the role, whoever he was talking to at the time, all of us, he said the role is kind of going to shift now to where we're looking for more of a full-time coach. Um, you'll still do the programming on the app um, and that we're looking for somebody on the compete track. And then we also need someone to coach one full-time athlete. We can't really disclose who it is right now because we're still in contract talks or whatever it was, um, but we're looking for someone in that role. Would you be interested to keep moving forward with that? I guess, yeah, sure, this this could work. And I kind of knew just from being in the community who they were talking about. Tia and her were friends. She had just left Comtrain. So we had talked about it and I didn't know really how it was gonna work at the time. Taylor didn't know, like schedules were so busy, but we're like, hey, this is the one time you're in school. I might as well be busy too. Let's just see what happens. And it obviously meshed really well. Interviews went well. I met with Brooke and the whole team while I was there. Everything clicked really well. Um, and now, now we're here. So since Brooke came on, several more athletes have come on. And that was also in the same two week period because Brooke moved and then Alec moved and street was already there. So they basically said, Hey, Shane, while you're here, cause they were taking off for South Korea, they were going for the bobsled trip. So they had to make all of this happen within like 14 days. It was, it was insane. The whole thing was crazy. Um, so the guys sat down with Shane. They're like, Hey, if Brooke, if you're going to be coaching Brooke with Tia, can we jump on as well? Like we're, we already trained with her. Um, it doesn't need to be the same program, but we would at least like to be with you day to day, maybe get your eye on some things. And Shane saw the opportunity. Um, it worked out well. He interviewed them as well, thought it was a good fit. And obviously the team grew by four at that point within a one month period. So it was pretty crazy because they took off for South Korea and then Dwight, the other coach they hired as well. And I basically had to hold the brand down for the next six months. Wow. I was going to, I was going to ask, did, did you and Dwight come on at the same time? Was he there yes. before you or? So they hadn't planned on hiring two people at all. It was just for the one position. And then all of this happened. So they actually, what they did was they hired me and then Dwight was another candidate. They're like, we're just going to do two. Like just to make sure we're covered that when we leave the country, we need to make sure all of our bases are covered. They brought us both on. So from there it was Dwight, me, Brooke, Street, Alec, Will, um, and obviously Tia. And then you guys, if you know John Colty, he had just moved into the area. He wasn't really a part of the team, but he joined us as well at that point. Yeah, so it was that's full. Cool. <laughs> um, I know you guys train out of Trivium. Is that, and there are other camps that train out of different gyms that are sort of looking to expand and maybe get their own place. Do you guys see that in your future? Um, it's got to be a little bit of an inconvenience for, for Trivium yeah, so to have all you guys there. Yeah, I don't know if you guys have seen, but East Nashville is the other gym that we're at. And okay. that's actually like a close to 20,000 foot square gym. Um, so we go back and forth between Trivium and East Nashville and East Nashville has been awesome because they actually have a whole separate gym in the back with a whole rig, all Olympic barbells, all Olympic plates, their own machines, a turfed area where we can basically be there all day, even when classes are going on and we don't interrupt them at all. Um, obviously Trivium was a little smaller, so we had to really schedule our sessions around to where classes weren't going on, but we couldn't be more thankful for East Nashville because it is so big. That works out well. So for, yeah, so for the time being and for the future, we'll probably stay between the two. Um, in the off season, probably Brooke and Will, because they're more 
um, comfortable and they've been around the community so long, they'll probably just hang out at Trivium a bit and then whoever can be at East Nashville. But thanks to the owners, they've been so opening to both of us at both places that we can just float around, which has been good. Is, is Jamie trying to get on the proven train? Jamie free? Oh yeah. He said, he's like, as long as you guys, as soon as you guys make a master's track, I'm in. So, oh. so, and that's what we're working on right now. So I'm excited. He's a great guy. So, um, so all this is happening and there's even more expansion. You know, you, you, you develop an Australian arm uh, with James Newberry, who is in the States now. Is he joining your crew? Yeah, he's in, he's been in. Yeah. I mean, I think we, I don't even know if we did like an official announcement, but Tia and Shane, Shane's worked with him for like three years, I think. So he was kind of, uh, he was already in, um, obviously we couldn't be one-on-one -on -one with him, with him in Australia, but he's been a part of the team, which has been really cool because he's such a good guy. I don't know if you guys have talked to him much, but one of the best humans you can meet and having him in the States has been really fun. Watching him this weekend compete was cool. Um, and just have him hanging around is great. Is he going to be sticking around for the games to just hang out or is he headed back? He's sticking around because he go their bobsledding is in the States. That's why he like made this trip so long. Um, so I don't, I would assume he'll go to the games. I don't know exactly his plans, but he'll definitely be around. Yep. I was wondering if maybe we'd see him on the demo team. Oh, I didn't even think right. about that. Should, That's a good point. Send a DM to Dave, ask oh, him. Yeah, I'm sure he'll answer that. <laughs> never know. <laughs> never know. Oh, that would know. you'd be a great demo team athlete. That would be cool. For sure. I'm gonna I'm gonna switch gears on us for a second because I stalked your Instagram for the last couple of weeks and I have some questions. All right. What is your connection to Gabby Douglas? <laughs> so back in like I said, I was working as a as a publicist wannabe, I guess, as an in, uh, intern out in LA. Uh, my aunt actually owns a company that I was working for. She works out of Nashville. Surprisingly enough, there was no connection there, but she works out of Nashville in LA. Um, and she was one of her clients. So she was her publicist for 2014 through 2018, I think. So when I was working out there, I got to meet her and we just kind of became really good friends from that. So I traveled out with her to the Olympics, which was really cool in Rio. So I got to do that experience with her and then a lot of her competitions in the States as well for her qualifying experiences. Um, and yeah, like I said, we just hit it off and have been good, good friends since. Is that how you got into the Nickelodeon awards? Yeah. Yeah. That was a, such a weird experience. It was like me and my aunt and a couple other adults and just all these famous little kids that I had no, no idea who they were running around. <laughs> That's great. You, you also seem to have picked up sponsorships at a very sort of young point in your career. Is that like, I, you're always saying like, thanks for these protein bars and thanks for the people sending, do people just send you stuff? Yeah. Like, when did that all start? Because it seems like before, even before like Nova three, you were, you were getting all kinds of stuff like in 2016 free stuff. How's that work? I need to know. Yeah, I, know. I think that was kind of, and maybe you guys have experienced this with other athletes as well, but back in like 2015, 16, it seemed like every company in the world wanted to join the CrossFit space. I don't know why, but, and it was growing, which I understand it being on ESPN and things like that, but it was just random. Like, honestly, I never had any connections with those people. And a lot of my friends got them as well. Like we just got reached out to and absolutely I'll take some free stuff. 
Sure. Um, and then last, tell us a little bit about your sister. You guys seem to have a very close relationship. And yeah, is she your very, only sibling? Very close. Yep. Yeah. She is four years, three years younger than I am. She went to the same college as me. We were always close growing up. Um, she played volleyball there. And then she is a teacher now back in the same town where she is with my parents. Um, just got married this last year. Um, and yeah, she's one of my best friends. Um, we've been close my whole life and it's been cool to see. She got into CrossFit a little bit as well and she's getting back into affiliate now. So it's fun. Awesome. Okay. That's my spying on you. <laughs> that was good. You did your, you did your homework. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, I, oh, one more thing. One more thing. Sorry. Your first picture with Taylor on Instagram is not until August of 2018. And her first picture of you is from like October of 2017. What took you so long to go Instagram <laughs> official with this relationship? I, no, I don't even know. Or, or is that just like boys don't have pictures of, of couples to, to post? I, you, I don't know. I've never okay. thought about it. Well, do you um, know what the picture was? Um, I think it was you guys at a wedding, one of your friend's weddings, because she, oh, yeah. she posted something like, congratulations to these two people I don't even know, but who just got married. <laughs> yeah, and I think, to be honest with you, I think that's the first girl, a photo of a girl that I've been with I'd ever posted in my life. So if that gives you any. There you go. Okay. So, so that was a big step, I'm sure. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah, because the only other girl you have besides Gabby Douglas is your sister. So. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So at least she was the first. Yes. Okay. I approve. So I'm going to go back to proven just for a little bit. <laughs> um, Sorry, I had to get all that in. No, it's good. It's good. <laughs> um, so currently, what what do you offer the general public? So we have a ton. So we on we're through SugarWad right now, and what we have is the fitness track, which is basically you're looking at um, an hour or less a day. So you're looking at one lift, one workout. Basically, you're what you would see in an affiliate, but doing it from home or wherever you would want to do it. Uh, much lower volume. The workouts are still kind of in the same mindset and creation of Shane and I and Dwight. So we all kind of line up. Sometimes you'll see the same workout across all three. Um, but that's kind of for your people that maybe don't have time or if they're working out from home, if they're in a lockdown situation. And then our compete track, which is what I write, um, that's for your competitive athletes. So on that one, you're obviously looking at two sessions a day, a lot of time in the gym, very high skill, very heavy weights. Um, we do have a scaling system to where we offer three levels of that program. So even if you are a brand new competitor and you might not have the skills or the heavy weights, um, we offer options for all of that. And then Dwight writes the affiliate program, which um, we do sign up full affiliates and then we offer them um, two weeks in advance usually or a month to where they can have it brought in through their system. We just give them basically the raw programming and then whatever programming platform they're using, they can use it at their affiliate. Well, my guy, Charlie, he has some interests. So he had a couple questions. Okay. I mean, that pretty much answered most of my questions. Um, yeah, I was looking at joining, looking at one of those tracks, um, but more on a local level, obviously not, not trying to go to the games, yeah. although masters coming up because we are masters athletes. Perfect. Um, you never know what happens. So, um, so it sounds like competes more of the, you want to get fitter, want to get stronger. Um, if you yeah, have the time you, to do it, if you have any aspirations of competing competes, definitely the way to go, because the cool thing on that is you can just 
either one sub out or two, just cut back on whatever you need to. We just give enough programming to, if you want to try to compete at the games and you need that volume, it's there. But like my sole job during the middle of the week, outside of obviously programming, working with Brooke um, is just answering and conversing with the community of the compete track. So I, my phone number's on there, my email, my Instagram, anything's on there to where even if people need individual scales that aren't listed, I talk with those people all week. And we have questions like that to where, hey, I'm competing this weekend. Like, what should my plan be leading up to the competition? So I try to help those people as much as I can. Hey, I'm brand new competing. I can't do half of these movements that are on there. Um, the volume's really high for me. What should I do from there? And then I'm, I just give them a plan there. So cut back 50% on Monday, maybe go full on Tuesday and 50% on Wednesday. So it's very customizable. And I tell people it's an individual program without being individual for the athlete, if that makes sense. I like it. And so, You'll be hearing from me. Good, good. Yeah, and we <laughs> offer free, free weeks for any of the tracks. So just let me know and I can get you a sample of anything. There you go, Charlie. There you go. Uh, fit by two weeks. So I want to I want to ask you in a different vein: Is what are your thoughts? You've been around for a long time. What are your thoughts on the season structure this year? It's it's tough, right? Like I think they've done the best that they could. To be honest, like it's a very tough situation. And if you would have even asked me in. I don't even know when the new season came about, but if you would ask me at the beginning, um, I think they've done an even better job since then. I just think it's hard on the athletes because you even look at the last chance qualifier, right? And those athletes had planned and it may not have been them specifically, but the athletes had planned on so many opportunities to qualify for the games and they were cut down to four if you're in North America, right? And then the last chance. Um, it's just so hard to switch gears from, a sanctional season to back to the old season when people had trained their whole 2019 end of 2019 to 2020 season to go to maybe four or five events and they would have all this time. But like I said, to give people the opportunity even to compete this year with COVID and still plan to have a games in Madison, hats off to them for being able to get it done. How have you had to change your coaching strategies with this season? to be honest, it was perfect for us. And it really did line up. Like I talked about, it was December when we found out our team was coming together and we got hired. So there wasn't a scramble to where, Hey, Wadapalooza is in 90 days. Me and Brooke have to get together and be like spot on in sync, know what we're doing by then. I need to know her as an athlete perfectly before we compete to get ready for the games. There was none of that. Right. So we only had to worry about the one semifinal Obviously the quarters was a big deal, but it really wasn't a peaking event because we knew she was going to go past that anyways. Um, so it was really a perfect scenario for, scenario for us with our athletes at Proven. Now, I think it's a little different if you look at like teams, it's really tough on teams because in the past, the only way you were going to make money as a team was with the sanctional season. Like Taylor and Andrea had set up in 2019 to where I think they had seven sanctionals set up and they were going to make crazy money because that's the only, like you don't have sponsors on teams. So again, they did a great job with it. Um, it's just throwing those rules out so late in the season with the teams was tough. It just going back to the affiliate cup, I think, and 
I hate to use this, but I think it took the sport two years or three years back on the team side of things, which is tough. I think we're going to see a little regression on the team side, whereas the individuals will probably stay about the same. Yeah, I think with that, it was more, it, it was like a nostalgic thing that they did, which I understand sort of tugging at your heartstrings, but from a practicality perspective or a professionalism perspective for the sport, you're absolutely right. It took it, took it back. Yeah, it's just going to be tough because the sport was finally getting on the team side to a point where people cared. Yeah. So there was individuals joining together on teams to where you knew names of people. Like even me, like being in the sports for so long and being on the team side of things, I know of three teams that I know the athletes of this year, which is scary because that means the person watching on TV has no idea who anyone is, but Rich Froning. So it's hard because we were finally getting to a point to where that was changing. Prize money was getting better. Good individual athletes were coming on. And now we're just kind of moving back to where we were with the affiliate cup. And that's, that's really a shame because at West coast, some of the best finishes were in the teams. Yeah. And it's, it's hard because you look around and no one's there, right? Like no one's paying attention. It's hard for me too because one of their biggest reasons for switching back to the affiliate cup was because affiliates wanted to see their own athletes and they wanted to fill the stands with affiliate members and whatever it was. But it sounds good on paper, but it's just not how it works. There's always going to be more people there to see big names than their cousin or their favorite coach at their affiliate. Well, and scheduling promotes individuals, right? At West Coast, all the teams were in the morning, like the old regional style. Uh, Friday, everybody's still at work. Um, and by the end, they can finally get there when the individuals take the stage. So it yeah, actually I, promotes you not watching the teams. Yeah, And I think the peak of team, team programming and team, um, just part of the sport was at Wadapalooza last year, right before COVID, like we spoke about. They finally made it to where the teams were under the lights. They were at some of the prime time spots. I don't know if you guys were there, but the seats, you couldn't find a seat. Even I couldn't find a seat to watch Taylor and then compete. It was finally at a point to where there was all individuals in the final heat. There was all super teams and everybody actually cared about what was going on to whereas if Waterpoosa happened this year with affiliates, it would be at seven in the morning for a heat and then maybe noon and then it would be individuals all night. So I got two questions for you and then we'll get to the rapid fire. All right. And uh, the first one is um, the way you speak about Brooke, it seems like you are dedicated to her. You are her coach. So are you just, are you really just dedicated to her or do you have a part in all the athletes? Yeah. So that was kind of the thing when the test period that Shane wanted to give us was from when they left for South Korea to whenever they came back, which I think it was May or end of February, whatever it was, that was kind of to figure out which athletes fit with which coaches. So it was kind of a, a cool test period there to just see who meshed with who. Um, and it was just kind of worked out to where I took over for Will and Brooke because we worked really well together. And Dwight was with Street and Alec at the time. So, um, and from there it kind of turned into, Will had a couple issues with some injuries and had to back off some training. So it turned into, Brooke and I working exclusively together. So obviously Will and Brooke both made the games this year. Um, that'll be something that we tackle when we get there, but yeah, exclusively right now I'm working with Brooke. Okay. And then what does the future look like for Nick? 
you, you you're asking the wrong guy unfortunately I, have no idea. <laughs> I didn't like you asked me that a year ago I wouldn't even know I'd be sitting here right so it's like we're taking it one day at a time especially with Taylor in school she's got clinicals next year to where um, she'll just be kind of going all over the place for like six weeks at a time doing her rounds um, obviously proven still going to be there I would hope right unless yeah. something happens but um, all proven all the time on this on this end um, I'm excited to see what happens with Taylor. She obviously has a bright future in any direction she wants to go, whether it be in CrossFit a little bit longer or just as a PA moving into her profession. But we've both worked really hard at the point we're in, and we're going to have to work really hard for the next year. So we're excited to see where that pays off in the future. So at this point, I'm uh, I'm going to turn it over to the, the the crew and let them hit you up with some rapid fire questions. All right, let's do it. Okay, this is a dog question. Who does Bruce love more, you or Taylor? It's, it's a good question because it's, it's very split in different ways. So like he'll have times of where it's all me and then he'll have times where it's all her, but he just, he loves people. So like this weekend, we, uh, we brought him up to Nashville and Taylor actually came up and trained with the Proven Crew as well. So we brought him to the gym. And if, if anyone doesn't pay attention to him for two seconds he just whines like it was so many people and new people like we could leave him with a stranger and he would have the best time of his life mm. i wish i knew you guys were so local i would have asked to meet him at mac probably oh, so that's... maybe maybe next time i'm in knoxville i get to Absolutely. meet him Absolutely, he would i'm a huge dog you. person so. he would love to meet you Charlie, you're uh, up. I'm up. So, well, you kind of already answered this, but your favorite sport to play? Definitely baseball. <laughs> but I do like golf. Like now that I'm out of, you obviously can't go just play pickup baseball. Right. <laughs> so, right. yeah, golf is something that I enjoy. Okay. How, how does your knee hold up with the golf? I Man, after my injury, I didn't have a single problem. I haven't had a single problem with my knee at all. It's been It's been great. It's been no issues at all. I probably have more problems than my other knee from using it too much while the other one was hurt. <laughs> so no, I have no issues. Um, who is the funniest athlete with proven? Oh, uh, James. Absolutely. And I didn't know that until I met him over the last month, but he is a funny, funny guy. So it's been cool to meet him. If you had to compete with Shane against Shane, what would your perfect workout be? Guaranteed win anything on a bike <laughs> yeah I don't he I'm not gonna lie to you guys we have stepped we've taken a step back in our fitness since coaching this season so <laughs> I don't need, I don't think either of us are that confident in what we could do right now <laughs> it's okay and as long as it's under 10 minutes we'll at least give it a try <laughs> well then that kind of leads into my so what's your favorite place to eat in nashville oh there's a there's this place called superica i don't know if any of you have been there but it's a mexican place that has like flat skirt steak fajitas mm -hmm. and i'm there i go there every time with shane i'm there and i'm pretty sure they go like twice a week it's so funny because you're in a place that has all this food and every time i talk to them they're at the same restaurant <laughs> <laughs> Um, how important is mindset in your training when it's you're coaching? Huge. Yeah, it's huge because we, we're we in a camp to where, yes, we're a team, but we're also all individual athletes, right? So even with Brooke and Tia, it can get really hard to where 
you're training against the fittest woman on earth every day. Like it, it's hard not to question your abilities at that point. So like having a strong mind, having the ability to take the good days with the bad, especially in games training, um, having the ability to bounce back from any bad days that you have. It's been the number one thing that I've seen. And even in my past coaching with Taylor and everything um, that will get you farther at the games, the week of the games than any physical ability that you have. Makes sense. Um, what was the best piece of advice that a coach ever gave you? And I'm hoping it's from your grandfather. Yeah, yeah. I think one of his biggest sayings was guarantee what you can guarantee. And that's something that he really tried to coin with his athletes was let your word be your word and do what you're going to do, right? Like if you're going to do something and you say you're going to do something, that needs to be it no matter what, you know? If you have bad news, tell it to people. Don't hold things back. Be honest. Be honest with yourself as well because you're only holding yourself back when you make yourself false promises or you give up on yourself. So being able to guarantee your best performance every single day as a person has probably led me to be the best athlete and coach I've ever been. Um, because once you get into that gym, once you step onto that field, it's got to switch and it's got to switch when you step off as well, because you can't leave things or you can't let things go that happen to you during those times. Right. Because we all deal with adversity. We all deal with hard things. Um, but being able to keep your mind where you're at and being in that mood of, hey, this is going to happen to me, whether it's good or bad, I got to move on from there. That's taught me the most, I think. Yeah. So while we were in quarantine, what was the best thing that you binged on? Ooh. Food, TV, whatever. I got back into playing video games, which was dangerous. Because <laughs> I hadn't played since college. And obviously that, at that time, I was just a, the coach at the gym. So we were closed and I had nothing to do. So there was times when I was like, okay, I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to go to bed. See you later. And it would be like four or five more hours obviously, <laughs> sitting at the TV because I had nothing to do. So I think that Netflix was a abundance for sure. <laughs> okay. Two more quick questions. One I'm just adding. Um, are you a Wolverines fan? Are you no. a Michigan fan? No. <laughs> Go Irish. I'm a huge Notre Dame fan. Oh, uh, gosh. Yes. <laughs> Was that well, even worse than Wolverines? Well, being from me. Columbus and being Ohio State, as long as you're not a Michigan fan, then we're good. That's yeah. like it. Okay. not a, a Spartan or a Wolverine. No way. All right. I feel much better about this conversation now. Um, the last question. Uh, what is the perfect date look like with Taylor? Oof. I think one of our food is obviously involved. I was going to say, you better feed her. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think that's probably one of our favorite thing to do is to try new restaurants. Like that was kind of our cool thing in Knoxville was we had a brand new city to where we could try whatever we wanted. Um, that and movies. We love going to the movies. So either one of those is great. It's been nice that those are finally open again. So that's been fun. I'm, I'm adding one audible as well. To me, Taylor is one of the most competitive people I've ever seen. Uh, she doesn't, if she's doing it, she's doing it to win. What is it like living with that 24 hours a day? It's, I will say it's, it's, I've grown a lot from that because I work <laughs> a lot from her, but it was definitely like a big, a shift because she cannot stop. Like she can't, like even 
early on when we go on vacations, it was like, all right, where's the gym? Like, yeah, we can relax a little bit, but Hey, I got to go train. I got to do this. Um, it's just her work ethic in general is very impressive and it's helped me grow a lot as well. Does it spill over to like board games, uh, cards? Yeah. She's just good at everything, which sucks. (laughs) (laughs) She's somehow just so good at games as well. Like it's just not even fun anymore to play. (laughs) <laughs> all i have on her is like hand-eye coordination things because she never played like baseball or anything like that so at least i have one thing <laughs> all right well that's you got her. <laughs> oh um that's it we're gonna wrap up the show we want to thank you so much for like hanging out with the snick this has been a blast um and we can't wait to see you in madison yeah i'm really you guys are all gonna be there yeah i'll be Awesome. I can't wait. We'll have to talk after, after Proven crushes it. Yes. <laughs> and mayhem and mayhem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah we yeah, have to grab to you all. You guys. I appreciate you having me on. It was a blast. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, we'll see you there, Nick. All right. Sounds good. Have a good right. day. Guys. Bye. 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 Thank you so much for listening to the Clydesdale fitness and friends in partnership with the morning chalk up. Please consider giving us a five-star rating and leaving us a review. It really helps our podcast. Thank you so much, and we'll see you next week on the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends.